Does a parent's presence define you? Or are we doomed to repeat the sins of our parents? Let's talk about it today with Reunion by John Cheever. I am your father. <laughs> mm. So it's worth pointing out that this story was brought to us by our patron selection of the month, where a patron gets to select whatever story they want for us to read that month. Thank you, Star, for the selection. So with Reunion, very short story, a couple of pages, but I think it hits home a lot to the idea of we celebrating coming up to Thanksgiving and family. You're coming together, maybe you only see them a couple of times. And the thing about family is you always kind of know your connection with them as long as you have, I think, a working relationship. And what I found interesting about this story is father and son are coming back together obviously have not had maybe a great relationship and there's some tension there did you feel that unspoken tension between the father and the son part of it is even spoken in the way that he's like i was doomed to repeat like something about being doomed to repeat his father's uh sins or or, or mistakes and the fact that the story opens and closes with that's the last time i met my father like there there's something assaulting about how you knew that this was a defining moment and in Charlie's life with his father, like, first of all, how old do you think Charlie is? I was trying to wrap my brain about that. He calls him boy the whole time. Now, the time period, that was maybe a common reference to your son. But there becomes a point, I think, that once a young man becomes a, a man or a young man, you start calling him by his name or his nickname or something and not kind of that... It's not a derogatory term, but it's definitely demeaning a little bit. So I'm thinking he might be right on the cusp of manhood, and he's trying to challenge Charlie, like, are you a man yet? Are you going to stand up for yourself? So I want to think he's maybe 11, 12, 13, right around there somewhere. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I almost pictured him, because he's meeting him independently. It's not like his mom's dropping him off. And, and I yeah. guess, you know, depending on the responsibility of the kid in a different time period in which this is written, I'll say this. I think we agree he's under 21 because it sounded to me like the waiters were like, hey, should should that boy be drinking? And the dad almost gets upset, like, how dare you challenge us? And he calls it what the Bibson gee feeder as opposed to the, the Gibson bee feeder. <laughs> so I, obviously the dad's over 21 because it sounds like he's had a few. <laughs> Yeah, that part was funny. I did laugh at that. So you're thinking maybe more late teens, right? Like 16, I, I 17, did. 18? Okay. I did. I know. I mean, I, he doesn't have to be, but taking the train. To me, he was going to meet your dad can mean something very different to lots of different people. And the presence of a parent can mean a lot to, to almost everyone, right? And this dad's been absent for three years from his life. And he feels this apprehension. I mean, he says happy, but at the same time, I don't know if I believe Charlie 100% some of the times. But he, he wants to take a picture with his dad. And is yeah. that because he's afraid he'll never see him again? Is it because he wants social proof that he was there with the dad? Like a, a picture means a lot to prove that you're with someone when they're normally absent in your life. Well, the last line after that says, I wanted to have a record that we were together. I think that leans towards your first statement of he wants to have proof that he actually got any time with his father, that he's been so absent in his life that when he looks back on it and tells his own kids the story one day of their grandfather, he can pull out a picture of him and his father together. 
uh, and I think that's important to him to maybe pass on the knowledge of, of who this man was. Now, as the story moves forward, they're trying to get someone to eat and have lunch together, and they move from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant, and you finally kind of realize, and again, I'm kind of filling in the, the, the picture here a little bit of why maybe his father was absent is because his father's not really a nice guy, and you're kind of led to believe that maybe the mother left the father because just how he how he acts with all the waiters and the 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 restaurant managers and the 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 chefs he's just he's mean to them he's condescending he's just he's rude and yeah he's not a nice guy at all well he's got to be in control right the second that one of the waiters corrected him like well this isn't london sir or did you mean this or or, or even questions like the fact that he's ordering a drink so I think in the father's mind, he's like one of those people that thinks if he makes a decision, that's the decision, right? And for a waiter to be like, well, is the boy 21? Well, that would mean the father would have to admit he made a mistake. And I don't think the father's the type of guy to do that, right? Because I don't know, I, most people who have secretaries that take calls for their children as opposed to they themselves, there, there's a certain estrangement I feel like they have between their humanity. Right. Like, like, I mean, isn't that kind of a typical thing that you see in movies too? like the, the boy who doesn't know their dad and is going to meet them has to go through a proxy through the secretary or something like that. And Cheever chooses that type of a setup for our boy here. And, and I think also it's a way that he's so powerful. He can't be bothered with those personal attachments. You know what I mean? Can't be bothered dealing with when he's going to meet his son or where can't be bothered with being nice to a waiter. He's the man in control and doesn't step down to those levels. Power. That's exactly. I think what it comes down to is he's showing uh, asserting his power in front of his son to make sure he knows that he's the man still that this power defines him and and Charlie's dad he 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 gets off on that and also the fact that he as they go to these different restaurants and they're they're different you know like they go to what an italian restaurant a french restaurant mm-hmm. uh he starts trying to order in that language and the guys like i i'm from the city here like i don't speak that language he's like yeah you do and, mm-hmm. and he's trying to you know again, assert his authority over and his power over the waiter. And the waiter's like, I don't speak that language, man. What do you want to eat? And then he, like, you know, has to like, you know, little chest chest out there, you know, and, and bump up, you know, like, hey, I know better than you. And Charlie, I think, is just embarrassed the whole time. Like, could you imagine being drug along with his dad that's just embarrassing you place after place after place? It had to be mortifying. You've mentioned, I had to guess, earlier you mentioned... I'm filling in the blanks. It's worth pointing out that Cheever leaves a lot to the reader. Like he he has a certain amount of expectations of a reader coming to meet him with the description of a camera following around a crew as to what they're doing. And then the interpretation of why they're doing things that they are. And Cheever expects the reader to fill in the whys a lot. Like there's not much here in terms of why Charlie feels certain ways or why he's doing the things that he's doing. One of the things that I was kind of thinking about with this is, depending on how you view how old Charlie is, I viewed it kind of as, well, why do we not get any judgment from Charlie, right? Like, his dad is clearly, by most standards, through most people, through most cultures, he's being offensive. He's being abrasive, right? He's a caustic individual who's almost, some people get off on that reaction, you know what I mean? And Charlie just kind of like takes it and goes along, probably because power's with the dad. 
But at the same time, we don't hear any judgment from Charlie. And why is that? Are we afraid to judge the people more powerful than us? Are we afraid to judge our parents who we think do no wrong? Does Charlie think his dad does no wrong? And this is for the first time he's finally starting to learn, oh, maybe I can judge my dad because he never meets him again after this. Why? Well, I don't know. This reader expectation, I read it as he started to realize he didn't want to be his dad. He didn't want to become that person, hence the doom of his future that he's walking towards. He also didn't stand up to him in a confrontational way because he knew that that's kind of what his dad would anticipate and want. He would be falling into the trap of his father and becoming his father. So he does something that's probably more brave uh, and is a lot harder to do is he just he just leaves. He said, you know what? That's the way my dad is. Didn't get the photograph. I'm going to be better than him. I'm I'm going to stand up to him and he's not going to let that define him. He's going to he, he's going to move forward with his life and not be defined by his father. Oh, I think you bring up a really good point. I didn't notice that. Did, do they never get the photograph together? Oh, I didn't think they did. Yeah, I yeah. I guess I'm thinking through the events. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember offhand a line that says that. That's significant, right? Because if Cheever says that this was important to Charlie, that he he needed that evidence to prove that he was there with him. What does it mean that the the disillusionment, the estrangement of the father and the caustic attitude of the father towards those who were in less of a position of power, like waiters, right? What does it mean that those three things collide with his expected vision of what the photo and evidence would be that he doesn't even get it? And the last line says, I never saw my father again. This can be physically like he never saw him in person. It could also be that he didn't get the picture, so he never saw him. He only has this memory of this last instance of them together. And it, it, it's, you know, kind of let down a little bit, but you're also kind of proud of Charlie for what he's done, that he, he stood up to his father. And I like that. It makes me kind of feel warm and fuzzy, uh, especially, <laughs> you know, uh, Char Charlie's being his own man kind of a kind of more of like a, a personal thing more so than like a generalized literary criticism but he, here we have a story of a child who is rebound rebounding off of the influence and impact of the father who has been rather absent in his life what do you think this story is telling a young child who might be in a similar situation who had doesn't have much or frequent contact with one of their parents I think it kind of brings it back to the beginning of what we said when you kicked off the video was that you don't have to let your parents define you. They can definitely be an influence in your lives on a personal note. Um, I never knew my father. Uh, yeah, my mom uh, was my main you know, parent, and I had a stepfather for a while, and he was great for a while, uh, and then left our lives as well. Uh, but my biological father, I've never met him. Um, you know, I know his name on my birth certificate and that's it. I don't, maybe for a while I let that define me. And maybe as Charlie here in the story, he let his father define him for a while, but then he got to the point where he wasn't going to let that be who he was. And uh, I think this story resonates a little bit with me because I got to the point in my life, you know, saying I, I'm, I'm my own person and I don't have to let Either of my parents, whether they're there or not there, define who I am and who I want to be. 
Well, another story from John Cheever in the playlist down below. Let us know what you guys think. Leave us an emoji, a camera emoji for Charlie for the photo that he never got in the comments <laughs> down below. If you want to help the channel out, it lets the YouTube algorithm know that you enjoyed today's talk, even if you don't know what to say. Peace.